0: Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm your host, Dan Paletta. Glad you can join us. Cleveland voters will go to the polls on September 14th to cast their ballots to pick the two candidates who'll run for the office of mayor in the general election on November 2nd. Here at Cranes, we hope to talk to all of the candidates running for the office of mayor in Cleveland. We'll start at the top of the alphabet with Justin Bibb, a newcomer to the scene. Justin, welcome to The Landscape. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here for this uh, important conversation.
0: So we start where all political conversations start. We talk about the economy. So how do we foster growth in Cleveland here in, here in our region? What, what's your plan to get things moving?
1: Well, one of the biggest things we can do is truly have a modern and responsive City Hall that works for our residents uh, and our uh, business owners all across our city. That's key because the inefficiencies that we see with the permitting process, uh, with the lack of follow through uh, from many of our departments, only exacerbate the inequities we see uh, day, day in and day out uh, in our city. Uh, but also, you know we're getting ready to get $512 million from President Biden through the American Rescue Plan. And I believe this is a once in a generational opportunity to make some big bets to increase affordable housing, to bring some real resources to the Southeast side of our city and close the digital divide as the least connected city in America. And we only get one shot, one shot uh, to get this uh, recovery right coming out of COVID. And I believe this is a historic opportunity to build the most inclusive comeback in our city's history. And uh, that's what we got to do to truly meet the moment for our community.
0: Are you in favor of subsidizing certain types of development with public funds, similar like the Hilton Cleveland downtown or the Opportunity Corridor? Do you see that as a function of the city, something you're in favor of?
1: Well, um, there is a lot of frustration in this community with the lack of transparency and a lack of clear focus on equity as we think about our economic development future. As a next mayor, I'm focused on truly having an inclusive economy uh, that works for everyone. But let's take, for example, the Opportunity Corridor. Uh, All we have right now is a police headquarters. And thank God, I believe we're going to kill this asphalt plant that was proposed, which is going to do more harm than good. Uh, That's not what we signed up for. And the Opportunity Corridor should be a place where we have more community engagement to bring back that part of our city. And I think if we're going to rebuild our city, it's important uh, that we invest in emerging industries like smart manufacturing and the food uh, ecosystem, which could be really important investments to leverage the Opportunity Corridor uh, in the
0: future. Education was a big issue in Cleveland. How would you help students make up for the educational losses that took place during the pandemic? Are there things the mayor's office can do?
1: Absolutely.
0: The fact that
1: the mayor um, has mayoral control of CMSD is a unique and special uh, responsibility that we can not take lightly. And for Cleveland to truly be an amazing world-class city, we have to have a best-in-class public school district that works for all of our residents. As you think about the challenges we went through coming out uh, of this pandemic, about a third of our students did log online. When you think about the underemployment crisis for our youth, it's costing us about a billion dollars of lost economic productivity. So there are a couple things I think we should be doing right now to help our children get caught up so they have the workforce readiness skills to compete when they graduate from CMSD. Uh, Number one, I think it's time for us to really explore year round school uh, for the upcoming school year to ensure that all of our children can get caught up from the learning loss they experience uh, during the pandemic. And then it's critical that we invest in high quality after school programs and tutoring in every neighborhood so our children have the intensive tutoring and mentoring they need to be engaged in the classroom. And as the next mayor, uh, I want to prioritize having year round apprenticeship and internship programs for every junior and senior in high school so that our children can have a straight to work path when they graduate to have a good paying job and a pathway to the middle class to truly address the income gap that has plagued our city for far too long.
0: And overall, how do you think CMSD is doing? Are they heading in the right direction? You know,
1: I think we have uh, some great islands of excellence, uh, but to get to a system of excellence, we truly have to accelerate the pace of change. Uh, I'm optimistic about the conversations I'm hearing uh, in regards to the next iteration of the Cleveland plan. Uh, Those are some important levers we should be focused on to increase teacher quality, to enhance the quality of the curriculum inside of our school district. One thing I want to prioritize in addition to the apprenticeship program I talked about is really being laser focused on hiring more teachers of color inside CMSD, because all the data tells us that when a child has a teacher that looks like them and shares a lived experience, they're more likely to be engaged in the classroom and we're more likely to close those respective achievement gaps. So it's critical that we invest in what works, scale in what works, and give parents the tools they need to make good decisions on where to send their children
0: to school. How do you think downtown is doing these days? Do you think it's healthy and successful? Well, you know,
1: I, I think we were all um, a little uh, concerned about uh, the future of downtown and our central business district during the, this pandemic. And we should be concerned about all of our neighborhoods across our city, as we think about the moment we're in right now in our community. Uh, I think we made some important and smart investments in downtown. It truly is emerging into a 24-7 neighborhood with nearly uh, over 20,000 residents living in the urban core. Uh, But I don't believe we can continue to grow good jobs and have a city uh, that works for everyone until we prioritize inclusive growth in every zip code across our city. Uh, And for far too long, we've had a one-size-fits-all approach to economic development, uh, and as the next mayor, I want to prioritize a hyper-local approach to economic development to ensure that, you know, we have the right tools and the right set of incentives that reflect the nuances and characteristics of every single neighborhood because what's needed in Mount Pleasant, where I grew up, is not always what's needed in a Tremont or a Detroit Shrillway. Uh and the mayor's office and our office of economic and community development should reflect those nuances in the tools and policies we deploy all across the city.
0: What do you think is more important for the city, building new homes and commercial space or rehabbing, expanding, better existing? You take those homes that are already there and expand on them and make better use of those. You know,
1: I don't think it's either or. Uh, Back to my prior comments about, uh, you know, having a one size fits all approach, Um, depending on what's needed in a respective neighborhood. You know, in some neighborhoods, we have a plethora uh, and a huge uh, amount of abandoned lots that need to be. Uh, repurposed to uh, support those respective neighborhoods. And then in some areas of our city, we have a lot of abandoned homes that should be rehabbed and uh, made easy for our residents and not out of town developers, but for our residents t- to buy and purchase that home so they can have a pathway to the middle class. Because we know that home ownership is one, one of the biggest things we could do uh, to create wealth and close the racial wealth gap that exists between Blacks and their white counterparts. And given the fact that in some parts of our city, uh, the median household uh, home uh, value is uh, roughly 100000 and some parts it exceeds 200000 that variance, that, that, that inequality can't persist for a long time. And so the city must do everything it can in its power to uh, create more affordable homes across our city. Uh, we have to do a better job of investing in our middle uh, neighborhoods, I applaud the work of the Middle Neighborhoods Initiative that we're seeing right now. It's a good step in the right direction. And we have to be real about the fact that segregation and wealth disparities exist and city government must use every tool in its disposal to close those gaps.
0: Should the city help subsidize brownfield redevelopment?
1: Absolutely. Um, And and this is a place where uh, there is a unique opportunity right now uh, coming out of this pandemic as we think about what are the tenets of our economic recovery, what I get excited about uh, being a son of Mount Pleasant in the southeast side is that there is a lot of land available on the southeast side that could be repurposed uh, for an industrial park, uh, particularly for the uh, advanced manufacturing sector. As you're going to see more onshoring coming back to the U.S. Uh, as we saw some issues with our supply chains uh, during COVID-19. And that's a place where I think Cleveland and Northeast Ohio could be a leader. Uh, in this eco- upcoming economic recovery. And it's gonna take really intentional focused partnerships with organizations like Team EO and Jobs Ohio and the Chamber of Commerce to ensure we have the right sets of tools and investments to make that uh, vision a reality. But we should be doing everything we can to get uh, development sites primed and ready for investment and be proactive and go into the marketplace to attract small and medium-sized businesses to invest right in Cleveland. And that's one thing we can do to support that type of uh, job creation on a long-term basis.
0: This is The Landscape, of Crane's Cleveland podcast. We're talking with Justin Bibb as we conduct a series of podcasts talking to the various mayoral candidates running for the office of mayor in the city of Cleveland. Justin, crime has been a problem in Cleveland, and it certainly seemed to get worse during the pandemic. What can we do to improve this situation?
1: Well, uh, this is personal to me. Um, I've seen In my own life, uh, what happens when violent crime takes a life? I lost my cousin uh, during my second year of graduate school uh, nearly seven years ago. I had to bury a family friend last year who was the 131st homicide in the city. And as I've been um, canvassing and walking the streets all across this community, I've, I've seen the tears and the pain and the hurt that many of our residents are going through day in and day out because of the violence that we have in our city. The first thing we have to do is be real about the fact that we can have smart and effective public safety and also strong police accountability. It's not a zero sum game. And as mayor, that is going to be my strategy to rebuild that trust and enhance the culture of our police department to ensure our residents feel safe and secure and their rights are protected. I would also say uh, the current staffing allocation of our officers isn't sufficient enough to meet the needs of solving violent crime. As I'm talking to folks uh, in in the police department right now, they're telling me only 51% of our officers are walking the beat and the other 49% uh, are, are in desk jobs. That's not the right allocation level we need to truly ensure that every neighborhood feels safe and secure. But we also have to really do the hard work of stopping violence before it starts. And I think that it comes with investing in more opportunities for our young people to be in after-school programs. It also comes with ensuring that you know, folks have a pathway to a good-paying job when they leave uh, CMSD, and getting smart about what policing should look like in the future. As mayor, I want to add a fourth option to 911 around mental health so we have the right response for the right 911 uh, call. And then also, I want to truly have a co-responder model of policing, where social workers and mental health professionals are joining our first responders for nonviolent dispatch calls. This is the kind of work we need to do to truly solve the root cause of violent crime all across our city and give our residents the confidence that they need to feel safe and secure and live their best lives in our own community.
0: Do you support continuing the consent decree?
1: Absolutely. We need more oversight, uh, not less Uh, I'm one of the only candidates in this race for mayor uh, that has endorsed the Safer Cleveland ballot initiative. Uh, That's gonna put uh, one of the toughest independent civilian review oversight boards on the ballot uh, this November because over the last 10 years, uh, we spent nearly $30 million selling police misconduct claims. Uh, And until we create a culture of accountability in our police department, we will not be able to meet the basic uh, needs of trust and respect and accountability that our residents deserve.
0: We mentioned the Opportunity Corridor. There's been some other talk of development plans throughout the city, including the proposed lakefront that's been laid out yeah. by the Cleveland Browns. How do you feel about that proposal?
1: Uh, exciting a proposal. Uh, it's unfortunate that the Browns had to come up with the uh, vision. Um, you know, As I talk to voters all across the city, uh, one anecdote I say is uh, Cleveland has been a place where good plans go to die.
0: Huh.
1: Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic uh, at, at what we're saying uh, with the lakefront plan that's presented by the Browns. Uh, but it's important that we look at it through an equity lens to ensure that all of our residents can benefit from that investment. And um, once elected mayor, I tend to make sure we, we structure the right deal that's going to serve in the best interest of our residents because the lakefront belongs to all of us. And it's critical uh, that we use every resource we can to ensure we open up the lakefront to all of our residents, east side, west side, downtown. And this is something we got to get right now because we've talked a long time about the lakefront and now we need some real action on on that front as well too. What about the vision for the Valley? It's uh, a great uh, vision uh, to ensure that all of our uh, stakeholders are really focused on uh, regional collaboration and and smart urban planning. Um, And this is where I think the, the, the bully pulpit of the mayor's office truly matters to ensure that the city is an active, engage partner uh, to enhance the urban planning ecosystem all across our city.
0: Have you had a chance to take a look at Noaka's E-Neo 2050 plan?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A, a big fan of the work that uh, Hunter Morrison did in his team uh, with that project. And as I said before, we were not short of plans in Cleveland. We're short of leadership. Um, and uh, the next mayor must take a look at all of these plans and identify how to connect the dots, how to invest and in scale of what works and how do we ensure that we come out of this recovery uh, and really make some big, bold investments on the future of urban planning, on better investing in our lakefront and making sure that regardless of a zip code you live in, you have a good paying job, access to affordable transit uh, and the ability uh, to uh, go to a quality school uh, where your child can live up to their God given potential.
0: How will you foster a relationship with Columbus as decisions at the state level seem to continue to encroach upon home rule here in Cleveland?
1: Well, Dan, um, one of the first things I would do on on that front is finally add Cleveland to the list of cities that's a part of the Ohio Mayor's Alliance. Uh, Cleveland is one of the only cities right now that's not a part of that alliance. And that alliance is important because it works with all mayors of of our major cities across the state of Ohio to have a true urban agenda for this state and to ensure that we're lobbying the governor and lobbying our state legislature to invest in cities because cities in the state of Ohio are responsible for the majority of our state's GDP. And Ohio's economic future comes through Cleveland, Columbus, Dayton, Toledo, Cincinnati. And it's important that this state legislature and the governor understand the importance. And as a next mayor, I'm going to make sure I have a good working relationship with our governor and our state legislator to ensure that Cleveland gets its fair share of resources to meet the needs of our residents. And some other big important issues we got to focus on with the state, transit. Uh, We need more funding from the state to better invest in public transit. Uh, And I'm also concerned with what we're seeing out of this uh, recent uh, budget that's gonna undermine the ability of cities like Cleveland to uh, enact their own municipal broadband strategies. Our campaign several weeks ago, uh, due to this uh, budget bill, launched a petition with over a thousand signatures to put pressure on the state to remove those barriers. And is that kind of leadership we need in the mayor's office to ensure that Cleveland can compete coming out of this
0: pandemic. We talked a little bit about the American Rescue Plan And there are also infrastructure funds coming to Cleveland. Are there any other top priorities you have for that money if you were to be the mayor?
1: Well, um, lead paint, the lead paint crisis uh, has been a crisis in the city for far too long. Uh, And I think some of those dollars should be tied to eradicating uh, the lead paint crisis and ensure we have a a fully funded endowment uh, to give our residents and homeowners the resources they need to ensure our city can be lead paint free. The other thing I would say on that front, Dan, is uh, I'm one of the only major candidates in this race for mayor that's endorsed a participatory budgeting process to give residents a say in every ward on how we spend some of the dollars coming from President Biden. And it's that type of democracy building beyond an election cycle we need to embrace to give folks confidence that city government is working for them. When you talk about the low voter turnout rate we had in the city in 2020, when you talk about the low voter turnout rate we had in last year in last cycle's mayoral election, it's because we have a city that is undermined resident voice. Whether it's been on the minimum wage or the quick and loan deal, we have to get back to the basics. And to me, it starts with ensuring resident voice plays a key role in every decision we make. And as the next mayor. That's how I intend to lead this city coming out of this pandemic.
0: Justin Bibb, thanks so much for joining us today for The Landscape. We appreciate being with us today as our first of the mayoral candidates who uh, we hope to talk to all of them before this is over. Thanks again for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Dan. Happy to be with you today.
0: Thank you for joining us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. On behalf of our producer, Cody Smith, I'm Dan Paletta. We'll talk again soon.